So we've been learning in this series, um, who do we want to be in five years? You in five years. Who do you want to be in five years? And um, the question being, who do I want to be in 2023? Um, we've been learning who we want to be in five years, why we want to change, how we will do it, when to make changes. And this week, I want to look at what. And not what changes, but what if. And I want to ask the question, what if our, our five-year plans don't go as we planned? What if um, our plans fail or life happens differently than what we thought? What if? Um, and I want to look at a passage of scripture that I really believe, and I'm so excited to share this with you, um, but that will help us as we ask this question, what if? And to do that, um, I asked Daisy and Clover if they would um, let me borrow their Bible. And if you have been a part of our church for um, any amount of time, you have probably heard, heard me say that reading a kid's Bible is so helpful as an adult. It lays it out plainly and clearly in a way that is just so helpful. And for, for me, for our family, five years ago, for any of you who don't know, we were, we were walking through, we were in the depths of grief and loss as a, a month or so before our daughter Lenya, our five-year-old daughter Lenya, suddenly went to heaven um, without notice, without any warning. And so we were just thrown into this time of grief. And I will honestly say that um, t times reading the Bible with our girls was some of the most special moments. And I'm reading and weeping, and they're looking at me like, what is wrong with you? Um, but just how God made it so clear to me and it just strengthened my faith and made it simple where I could just grab onto a truth um, that was just easy to do. And so um, I just encourage you, if you're in a difficult spot right now, um, if you have kids, read your kids' Bible to your kids. If you don't have kids, read your kids' Bible. Just go get a kids' Bible and read it to yourself. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's, it's really... Really good. So I asked them um, if I could read their Bible today, um, but I also asked them if they could help me. So um, Daisy Clover, are you here? Can you come help me? Where are you? There you are. Oh, and you brought friends. Good thinking. Okay, so we're going to come over here, and you guys can just sit down on the, the rug. Thank you guys for being here. Wow, okay. So this Bible, it's called the I Am Bible. Um, we're gonna read about Mary and Martha. Have you guys ever heard this story before in the Bible? You two have? Okay, so we're gonna read this. Can you guys all see? In the village of Bethany lived two sisters, Mary and Martha, and their brother Lazarus. Martha saw Jesus walking through the village with his disciples. Please come to our home and visit with us, Martha said, and Jesus agreed. Welcome, Jesus, Martha said when Jesus arrived. Come in and sit for a while. Jesus made himself comfortable in the living room. Martha ran to the kitchen to begin making dinner. What's some of your favorite dinner? Macaroni and cheese. Totally. Pizza. Oh my goodness, making me hungry. <laughs> but Mary came in and sat on the floor near Jesus. 
Oh, how she loved hearing Jesus teach about God. She listened to every word he said. In the kitchen, Martha heated the oven. She chopped vegetables. She stirred a sauce for the meat. She mixed flour and oil for bread. And she rolled and kneaded the dough until it was ready to bake. This dinner was important. Everything had to be just right for Jesus. Would everything be ready on time? Martha was getting worried. Where was her sister, Mary? And why wasn't she helping? <laughs> this is a good question. <laughs> Martha wiped her hands on a towel and went to look for Mary. She wasn't outside. She wasn't doing laundry. She wasn't even taking a nap. Where the heck was she? Oh, there she was. Mary was sitting on the floor, not doing anything, just listening to Jesus. Huh, Martha, Martha thought. I'll ask Jesus what he thinks about that. Martha stomped into the living room. Jesus, she said, I have a lot of cooking and serving to do. Don't you care that my sister isn't working with me in the kitchen? Tell her to come and help me. Jesus looked at Martha and smiled. Martha, Martha. He said, you're so worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is necessary, and that is what Mary has chosen. She's chosen the good thing, listening to me, and that will never be taken away from her. So what did Mary choose? To listen to Jesus. That's right. And what was Martha doing? Cooking and serving. Is cooking and serving bad? No. No. But what was the best thing that Jesus said Mary chose? Clover. Um, she listened to Jesus. She listened to Jesus. So it's really important to listen to Jesus, huh? Even more than cooking and serving, right? Well, hey, give it up for our kids. Thank you so much for helping me. Love you. Can you guys say goodbye? Thank you, Ashlyn. So great. Everything gets better when you add some kids. <laughs> um, one thing that I've been so thankful for um, in the, the past couple weeks is my husband's visuals. And if you've been here, you can picture in your mind the huge dominoes and uh, the oranges and um, the things that help us learn uh, more effectively. And this has been um, kind of my example of compound interest. And what I want to share with you, just the importance of, of teaching our children little by little. And if you just can imagine with me what it could look like in five years in 25 years, in 50 years, if we took the time now with our little ones to teach them the Bible every day. Uh, Deuteronomy 11:18 says, place these words on your heart, get them deep inside you, tie them on your hands and foreheads as a reminder, teach them to your children, talk about them wherever you are, sitting at home or walking in the street, talk about them from the time you get up in the morning until you fall into bed at night. Inscribe them on the doorposts and gates of your cities so that you will have a long time, live a long time, and your children with you. And what I want to encourage you with, those of you who have little ones in your home, little ones in your lives, that little by little, little heart by little heart, day by day, as we're uh, even just simple things like that of just 
reading the Bible to our kids, just imagine the compound interest over time of what little bit of word every day in our kids' lives, what that will look like over time. And I just want to encourage you to keep on doing that, to keep on doing that. And, and I realize and I understand that there may be some of us who our kids are all grown and they're out of the house. And maybe you didn't know Jesus back then when your kids were little, and you look back and you wish that you could have. Or maybe you didn't take the time that you would have wanted. And I just want to encourage you that God is so much bigger than our regrets, that he is able to make a way where there is no way, and that he restores uh, what was lost and what was taken from us or what we didn't do. And so maybe you're in a place where uh, you have grandkids, and you just take time with whenever you get your grandkids to talk about Jesus. And you don't have to open the Bible, but even just talk like what just said in Deuteronomy, you can just talk about Jesus and talk about the word and talk about uh, what God's doing in your heart and ask them those questions. And I love asking our kids questions because they always have the best answers. And it really even just sparks, strengthens my faith. Um, but maybe you don't have grandkids. Maybe you don't have kids around you, I would encourage you to get plugged into Fresh Life Kids. What an amazing way to be able to pour into uh, our youth-led movement and to raise up leaders and to raise up disciples of Jesus. Um, so this story, I love this story, and I kind of hate this story. <laughs> um, I love it mostly, don't worry. But um, I guess I have a hard time with it sometimes because I see myself in Martha. And it uh, can be frustrating because I can be so much like her. And in my life, I have spent my fair and unfortunate share of, of whining, of focusing on what I'm doing, what I'm doing for Jesus, versus focusing on um, him himself, on Jesus himself. I have let myself get distracted far too easily. Um, I see myself in her and it hurts. <laughs> like, like my husband has said, uh, the sins that we struggle with the most uh, look uglier on other people. So when you see it, it's like, oh, that's so horrible. And it's like, oh, so I'm like, Martha, you're the worst. And I just inside hang my head in shame. But, um, but it's just so funny to me. I mean, you read this and you're just wondering why she's so mad. You're wondering, what happened? It seemed like she was so excited, like, Jesus, come into my home. And then all of a sudden, uh, she's, she comes into the living room, and she grabs the mic from Jesus, and she's like, Jesus, I'm really happy for you and what you're doing, and I'll let you finish in a sec. But what is Mary doing not helping me right now? And it's just so funny to think about, but what I love is Jesus' response. Jesus doesn't condemn her because that's not who Jesus is. He speaks tenderly to her and corrects her. And even that is convicting to me, but also encouraging to just speak kindly. Even when it's a frustrating situation, we can speak with love in our hearts. Um, but he says to her in the message, Martha, dear Martha, you're fussing far too much and getting yourself worked up over nothing. One thing only is essential, and Mary has chosen it. It's the main course, and it won't be taken away from her. 
Mary chose the one thing. I love how it says the main course. It's the, the meat and the potatoes. Like you can do without the dessert, although I wouldn't recommend it. You could do without the salad, although you should eat it. You can do without the drinks, but the main course is what's going to uh, satisfy you and, and, and feed you. Jesus is the main course. He's front and center. Um, Mary chose to sit at his feet, and that could not be taken away from her. And that's what he said, and that's what I want to call my message this week, what can't be taken away, if you're taking notes. What can't be taken away. Um, My message in a sentence, usually my husband makes very clever ones that are short and sweet, and you can write it down real quick, but I realize that mine's a little bit longer. So we put it on the screen for you to either take a picture or write it down. We focus on what can't be taken away, So that if our plans fail, our relationship with Jesus is strong, no matter what else is taken away. And so we're looking um, at Mary specifically. Obviously, we're looking at the whole story, but we're looking at Mary right now, and we're looking at how she chose to sit at Jesus' feet. That's our first point. Uh, Choose it. Mary chose to sit and listen to Jesus. Now, the text doesn't say this um, necessarily. Sometimes when I look at a situation in the Bible and it doesn't give all the facts, I'm like, well, then how, what, what was the story behind this? And so in my mind, I'm thinking, well, maybe Martha planned it all out. She was like, we're going to have Jesus over. We're going to plan this thing. She's writing out her list with the checkmark things next to it so they could check it off. And she's all excited. Maybe she even gave Mary a list and was like, Mary, this is what you can do. And maybe Mary was even like, okay, I can do that, sister. I got this. I can check this off. I can do it. But then all of a sudden, Martha is so mad because Mary is just sitting there. So maybe Mary didn't do her side of the the job. I don't know. Regardless of the situation, Mary chose to sit with Jesus. Um, And this this was actually a controversial thing back then, because in those days, uh, women weren't invited to, uh, to be disciples. And basically, if you were sitting at someone's feet, that showed that you were their disciple. Um, And so in those days, it was very unusual for a woman to be sitting at someone's feet learning because you put yourself in a position of learning. Um, And it was very um, unusual for a teacher to accept a woman as a disciple. So this is already an interesting situation for that day. Um, But I just want to take a moment. I want to take a side note. And I just want to say that Jesus elevates women. And he places a high value on us as women because he created us. Girls, he made us beautiful in his image, and he gives us value and worth. And in, in, in his day, when he would be talking with a woman, that would be like, I mean, there was one time where Jesus, not one time that he's talked to a woman, but one time in particular where Jesus was talking to a Samaritan woman, and his disciples come up to him and see him talking to a woman. And the Bible says they were surprised. They were like, why Why is he talking to a woman? There was another time where a woman who had severe bleeding for 12 years, who tried everything, who had spent all her money to be healed, sees Jesus, had heard about him somehow, knew that if she could just touch his cloak, his coat, um, that she could be healed. And and it was her faith that healed her. But Jesus turns around in a huge crowded street, turns around, sees the woman, brings her up, 
and says, your faith has healed you. And he's talking to this woman and he calls her daughter. And even that picture of daughter. And I just want to encourage you, ladies in this Fresh Life house, that you are God's daughter. And that is your first and foremost position and role in life is you are God's daughter. And I want to encourage you that yes, yes, maybe you're a mother, maybe you're a wife, maybe you're a friend, but but first, above everything, you're his daughter. So we can live as daughters of our great king who loves us and who cherishes us. And so Jesus is talking to this woman. And, and I also just want to say, too, that God has given women a strength and a bravery and a grace and a discernment um, that he didn't give men. And that's not a bad thing because God... Um, wants us to work together. He wants us to serve him together. He wants us to love him together. He wants us to rise up in strength and honor together. And it's such a beautiful thing to see a woman of God um, to serve him and love people using her voice and her gifts and her talents um, to build up people and to build up the church. That's what we were born for, ladies. And I just wanted to take a side note and encourage you in that because I think sometimes... We forget that. And I think sometimes we get lost in our, our roles that we have, and we forget that we are daughters of the king. And I want to remind you of that. Um, now, to choose means to, to select from a number of possibilities, to pick, to pick by preference, to prefer or to decide to do something. So Mary was choosing Jesus now, I don't think that Mary was necessarily lazy. I think sometimes maybe she gets the rap that Martha was working really hard and then Mary was just sitting there lazy. Um, and maybe, and this is a, maybe another side of what was going on, and this doesn't say it in the Bible, I'm just guessing. But maybe she had done the things that Martha had asked her, but she just did them really quick. Maybe she got her list and she's like, okay, I can do that, check. I can do that, check, check, check. And I'm gonna go sit at Jesus' feet. Maybe she did that, I don't know. Um, but... The idea is the main thing is that she made Jesus the priority. Um, she chose the best thing, the essential thing. And this is something that I feel like I've been learning my whole life is what it means to prioritize. And honestly, um, the messages that we hear all the time, I feel like my husband has helped me so much in learning, okay, if you have this much to do in a day, which... As a, as a mom, as a wife, I think sometimes we can feel like there's a lot to do. As a man, I know there's lots of things to do. We all have lots of things to do. I'm not saying, I'm not singling out that women only have all the things to do. I'm just saying um, that there's so much to do in a day. Uh, taking care of the people in our lives. We're working, we're working hard. But to prioritize Jesus above all that is what I feel like, I know I'm learning daily. It's a fight every day to, to put Jesus first, not to wake up and just start doing all the dishes I need to do and cleaning and taking care of everything, but making Jesus first and foremost. Um, and again, like I was saying with, with the kids, Martha wasn't wrong in making a meal. Like I said, there's, someone's got to cook, someone's got to clean, someone's got to do those things. It wasn't wrong to make a meal, and it wasn't mar wrong to make the party epic, because those of us party planners, we like to make a good party, and that's good. God created us for, for that if we like it. Um, 
But it seems like she was putting the emphasis on the preparations and not on who she was preparing it for. So it's so easy for us to, even when we're serving on a team, when we're, when we're involved in, in church, when we're doing things for God, sometimes it's easy to get so focused on what we're doing that we forget who we're doing it for. And we have to remember, we have to fight to focus that Jesus is the center um, sometimes, I'm just going to share something I do with you. Um, when I'm reading the Bible, um, and it's early in the morning, I sometimes have a hard time tracking. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I read something, and I'm like, what did I just read? And then I end up reading it like over and over again. I'm like, how do I read the Bible? Um, one thing that helps me is I'll, um, instead of sitting on the chair, I'll sit on the ground. And I can't sit like this for too long because my legs go to sleep. But um, I'll usually sit like this, and I'll just open the Bible. And something that helps me just in my mind is just picturing myself like Mary, just sitting at Jesus' feet. And it kind of just helps me think, okay, yeah, maybe I'm reading Leviticus, and this is really a difficult part of the Bible. But what is Jesus saying to me? Yeah, this might be a, a kind of a hard thing, but... Um, what does Jesus want me to know? And I'm sitting, I want to I be at a place where whenever I open God's word, I'm so excited because I know God's going to say something to me. I know that Jesus is going to teach me something. And I think just this, this posture of like, of being on your knees, being ready is just so helpful. And I think sometimes doing something physically can just help you mentally. Um, so that's just something that has helped me in my life. Um, <clears throat> My friend, and I love that I can say that she's my friend because she and her husband, Jay, Catherine Wolf, Catherine and Jay Wolf have become dear friends of ours, but they wrote a book called Hope Heals. And, um, and one of my favorite books because it just talks about their story, what they've gone through, um, and also their choice and their decision to trust Jesus through the pain and through the heartache. Um, she wrote, speaking of her time in therapy after um, her stroke, she said, None of us asked to be there, and none of us could change the fact that we were there. As hot water and tears streamed down my face, I resolved to work my hardest in therapy so I could get out of there as soon as possible. I also decided not to let my circumstances make me bitter or hopeless. I wanted to be able to encourage and inspire this new community. And I just love that she purposefully resolved and she made that decision in the midst of her pain. Basically, she was, um, uh, she was going into acting and she was a model already. And she had, if, she, if you had talked to her five years uh, or before her stroke, she would have said, in five years, I'll probably be in a movie. In five years, I'll probably be a model for this brand. And she had her whole life ahead of her. And then this stroke totally blindsided them and took her out, basically, where she um, was confined to a wheelchair and just had major health issues. But she just so beautifully um, has held on to Jesus. And the things that she learned in the sunshine of life, she has been putting into practice in the shade. And she's such a beautiful example to all of us. But Catherine, if you're watching, I love you. Um, but if life doesn't go the way we planned in five years, or in two years, or in one week, 
we have to choose what we're going to do beforehand, before life gets out of hand or happens not the way we had planned. We must choose to listen to Jesus, to surrender to him, to follow him and to worship him and to be with him. It's saying no matter what, even when I hurt, even when life hurts, I will praise my Savior. And it's making that decision to train for the trial that you're not yet in and to purpose in your heart what you're going to do when life suddenly changes. And it's not just choosing it, but it's doing it. And that's our second point. I'm keeping it simple. Last week, my husband inspired me to keep it simple. So two points, choose it, do it. Mary sat before the master, hanging on every word he said. I love that so much. She didn't just choose to do it. She didn't just say, hey, that would be a good idea to to go sit at Jesus' feet and listen to him. She did it. And she did it with all her heart. I love that visual of hanging on every word someone says. She hung on every word Jesus said. So she wasn't just listening with her ears. She was listening with her heart and soul. Um, I've, I've come to find that anyone can listen to Jesus. Anyone can say, oh, he's a good person. He did awesome things. But then there's just that shift of believing that he is who he says he is, that he is God, and that he came from heaven, and that he died on the cross for our sins and rose from the grave. Um, that's pretty intense but that's a whole nother level to listen and believe. Um, I've been reading through uh, the gospel of Mark and I just wanna encourage you, uh, whatever you are reading in the Bible, to read a, a, a gospel, which is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And we, Jesus is all over the Bible. You, it has been said, you cut the Bible and it bleeds because Jesus is everywhere. But I love the gospels because you see Jesus face-to-face, um, his life, what he, what he preaches, what he, uh, what he teaches, what he tells the religious leaders, um, his miracles. You see him face-to-face, and it's so good. But what I've found is that, uh, like in Mark 3, there's this one time when Jesus was in church, and there was a man who had a crippled hand. Basically, he had just had no strength in his hand, and it was crippled. And the religious leaders, like you can even just picture it, like he's they're, they're looking at Jesus, like, what, we want to find fault in him. We want to find what he's doing. And then they see the crippled man, and it's almost like they're scheming, like, oh, he's going to heal that guy. We're, we got to watch him closely. And what's crazy is that it says the religious leaders watched him closely so that they could trap him, so that they could blame him, so that they could kill him. That is so unnecessary. And they're weirdos, because why would you do that? They saw Jesus face to face. They were there. You see them all throughout the Gospels just sitting there. And you just kind of picture these like guys just like watching. And they were there seeing everything Jesus was doing, but they were blind to him. Jesus was right before them, but they couldn't see him. So it shows us that proximity to Jesus does not mean a close relationship with Jesus. And that's such a scary place to be. And church, I just want to encourage you that... We are a church, we risk the ocean, and we do crazy things, and we see lives changed. We see marriages restored. We see families changed. We see people's lives changed because of Jesus. And 
I want to encourage you to, to be in a place where you are looking at Jesus and not, um, not in criticism, but in wonder. I mean, I just picture, here's Jesus, and if he was there, I would just, I'd be on my knees, just be like, just tell me everything. Like, talk to me, tell me, tell me everything about everything. But here these religious leaders are, and they're seeing him, but they don't want to know him. And there's a very fine line, and it's a scary place to be, to be near the things of God, to be near truth, to be near Jesus, but to not know him. May it not be so with us, Fresh Life. May we see Jesus. May we watch him closely. Um, Not like those religious guys, but like Mary, who sat at his feet, hanging on every word he says, to truly let his word set the pace for our lives. I love in Acts 4.13, Peter and John healed a crippled man, and they were put on trial, and they spoke to the religious leaders, and this is what it says. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. And I just love that. I I don't know what your goals are for these next five years. I don't know if you want to go back to school, if you want to learn Greek, or if you want to run a marathon. But I love that these guys, they were uneducated. They didn't, maybe they weren't the smartest tools in the shed, but they had been with Jesus. And what I want to propose to you, church, is that regardless of what your five-year goals are. And what I want to tell you is, yes, plan. Uh, Be inspired. Be creative with what you feel like God's leading you to do in these next five years. Maybe it's learning a new language, like my husband said. Maybe you you do uh, wear a squirrel suit and fly. I don't quite understand that. It's just very scary to me. But... um, but maybe, but I want you to plan. I want you, I, I, my, our prayer for you is that these next five years would be full and flourishing and that you would um, be blessed, that, that God's, the windows of heaven would pour out on you and that you, dreams that you never thought you could do would happen. That's our prayer. But on the, the very other side of that same thing, our prayer for you is that if in five years, life looks very different, Maybe you were planning to run a marathon, but now you find yourself in a wheelchair. That's very different from your plans. Maybe your your vision of what your marriage would look like in five years is very different than what you're experiencing, very different than what actually happens. And I want our prayer for you in that, if life doesn't go as planned, that you would be so in love with Jesus that you would be prioritizing your time to sit at his feet, to listen to what he says, that your relationship with him is so rich and so deep that no matter what happens, the worst things you can think of, maybe those finances are taken, maybe someone you love is taken, but the thing that cannot be taken away is your relationship with Jesus. God has so much for you. God has so much for us. 
And as we are excited and anticipating what he's going to do in five years, I just believe that he's going to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think, even in the hard stuff. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for this time in your word. Lord, we are just in awe of you. We wish we could be right here next to you. But we know that in heaven, we will see you face to face. Thank you for the hope of heaven. And Lord, I just want to pray over every single person here today in our whole church as we're looking to the future. Lord, I just pray that you would overwhelm them with this simple fact that our relationship with you is the one thing that cannot be taken away. And I pray that at, the, at a five-year mark, that we would be so strong in our relationship with you that nothing would take us down, that nothing that happens that is going not according to plan would take us out because we would be clinging tightly to you, Jesus, our Savior. Lift this up to you in Jesus' name. What an incredible message. Thank you so much for joining us in this teaching from Fresh Life Church. If while you were watching, you felt led to make a decision to follow Christ, congratulations. We'd love to send you a 21-day devotional through the book of John that Pastor Levi wrote. To receive that, send the word Fresh Life to 99,000, or you can register your decision online by clicking the button Know God, and we'd love to connect with you. If you've been impacted by what God is doing through Fresh Life Church, we'd love to hear from you. Click the Share Your Story tab on our site or email us at story at freshlife.church. Share how God is using this work to impact your life. These stories are incredibly encouraging to both our staff and our church family. Finally, if you'd like to partner with us financially and support the things that God is doing in and through this house, you can text the word FRESH to 45777, click the Give button at freshlife.church, or give via the Fresh Life app. Thank you so much for watching.